Well, I was not thinking I will be able to stand, but I'm going to try. Praise God for his strength, healing, and encouragement. And praise God for each one of you uh, for being here today. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Terry, Pastor Luke, and everyone for the opportunity, for the love, the prayers, and support, and everything. I don't have the clicker in my hand, but I'm sure it's all in control. God has done amazing things in our lives, and no spirit of fear has been able to stop us. And it has been wonderful since last night to walk through this uh, history uh, with Dr. Luke. The historic significance of faith that comes to us through our tradition and family. Oh, there it is. Thank you. That's great. And then we heard about the significance of sincere faith through Dr. Sastri. Now, Sastri literally means the one who knows the scriptures. And that's nice. That's, that's powerful. And then we have a wonderful exposition on the use of gifts from Pastor Josh. And what a blessing for me and my family to be here with you after nearly two years. And we thought it is not going to be possible. And the Lord makes it possible. Hallelujah. The Lord whom we serve is God of all possibilities. And I'm just thankful for that. So that's why I want to begin with the note of thanks. Because before I forget, I might just get carried away and forget. But I want to thank you for praying for us while we were stuck in India. Literally stuck. Because we wanted to be here, we wanted to be with our daughter, we wanted to be here for celebrate Jesus last year, and all those things, and all the road driving, you know, rides. You know, I drove um, 2,000 miles in eight days, and in last two years in India, I haven't driven even a, a mile. Like, I, I haven't even touched the car. So that much I have waited, and this much I have accomplished. And then we fell sick because we got too tired of <laughs> driving. Thank you for your special word of encouragement during the COVID-19 suffering that we faced in India. And the word came from you saying, we don't have a, anything regular to offer you, but here is the word that if you need us, we will be there. Those were the exact words that I received from this church, from you. We will be there when you need us. And I said, yes, thank you. That's the powerful encouragement that we felt, you know, from you while in India. And I'm just so thankful. Anita and I cannot stop thanking you for what you have been to us, to our daughter, Smithy. She found a new address. She became Texan. You know, she's all here. You know, we, we have completely lost her, not just in accent, but in almost everything. Okay. But we are so glad to reunite 
and rejoice and worship with you again. Thank you for your love and hospitality. I can name everyone, but that will take my message time, so let me skip, but thank you. The scripture that has been uh, brought to attention and the portion that is given to me, I, I want to take you to the next level of that uh, this morning. The next level is the experience level. And if the Lord gives me strength, I'm going to walk all the way to you, and I'm going to ask you, are you scared of something? <laughs> Miss Sarah Modling, are have you ever been scared of something? Yeah? Uh, Miss Donna, have you been ever scared of something? See, I see everybody is doing this, which means yes, right? In India, it could mean anything. <laughs> uh, Mr. Gary, have you been scared of anything in your life? Sir, yeah, yeah. Have you been scared of anything in your life? Yeah? We all have been scared of something in our life. Fear, is it real? So that's like a couple of questions that I want to throw before, and one of them is this. Is the spirit of fear for real? And let me get back, like go back two years ago, and me and my wife and daughter standing right here, and Pastor Terry invited the church to pray for us, laying your hands on us, and you prayed on one particular matter, and that was we had received threats. We, I had received threats even before I had bought the tickets <laughs> to go back to India. And those two threats were so real, I had to ask for prayer support. And then something amazing the Lord does, you know. Um, I was updating Luke very briefly, and I'm, I'm going to tell you that. So he asked me, what happened to that guy who had threatened you and you met him in the store? And it so happened that one day Anita and I were going out for our first preaching. It was like after four months I have been there. And there was a slight opening during all the lockdown, COVID and everything. And we are going out and we are picking up gifts from a store, my friend's store. And I all of a sudden look at this guy who is still masked. I, mean, I was masked, but still I can see him. And I know who he was. And I know his gang. And this is the man who has threatened me to meet me at the airport when I land in India. <laughs> and I look at him and I remove my mask because I want to show him who am I and where I am. It just so happened, like I didn't even think about it. I just opened my mask and show him I'm here. Why would I do that? But I just did. You know, the Lord has done amazing thing, and it's something funny that I don't rejoice in it, but I'm just thankful for it. This guy used to be strong, had good, you know, financial support and everything, and the gangs with him at the time when he had threatened me. By the time I saw him, he's standing in the store. He was struggling to find a job. He has lost everything. He has become a nobody, 
His friends have deserted him. There is no one along with him who could do anything for him. So he is kind of struggling to survive. And I did not know at that moment. I came to know the next day when I talked about it. And I told, look, look, this is what the Lord did to him. And we could laugh. Yeah, almost Luke said, I, I think it's funny. And I said, I know, but it's also sad. <laughs> sad and funny. The spirit of fear is real, but the Lord can take care of it in a very strange way. He can take care. He can remove the spirit of fear. He can destroy the threats. He can just humiliate those who threat God's people, challenge God's people. And that's what I saw in that moment. Am I still scared of some things? Yes. Uh, the persecution came so close to us. And we didn't even leave our campus. We live on a safe campus. It's a guarded campus with security and everything. We didn't want to go out of it because it came so close to us. We could not go out and preach as we used to do before. Several of our friends were hospitalized, beaten, and there was no way for us to take that risk. Smithy said, you better be safe <laughs> and come see me. <laughs> said, sure, we'll do that. We will not put ourselves in harm's way. We thank God for enabling us, keeping us safe so that we could come here. The spirit of fear was also there in childhood. It's not just during this time. And kids sitting here, you will have your own imaginations and struggles and fears. You know, one of the fears from my childhood, I'll tell you briefly and then go to the next questions, was that when I will wake up early in the morning before the sunrise and go pee out there, you know, we didn't have bathrooms. It was supposed to be outdoor. Um, I'll see an image in front of me, which is like makri ka jala. What do we call makri ka jala? Web cob something, and then it has got... Um, uh, dews on it and it's like foggy and you see some figure out there and every time I'm standing this figure is walking towards me and I'm scared and just so scared you know there is always something that you have not seen in reality it comes appears and scares you that kind of fear was there and that didn't go away until the sunrise you know and it's all bright and you can say oh that was just a bush with those web cob on it yeah Fear is like that sometimes. But the biggest fear that I faced, and because of which all other fears seem nothing, even the persecution, even the fear of persecution doesn't seem so big at, you know, at points when I look at that fear. I was scared of demons. I was scared of death. And that was the thing that actually transformed my whole life, and I pursued Christ. So if you're a child, if you're a teenager, if you're an old person, you know, whoever, whatever stage of life, any fear that you face today, there is, you know, no greater fear than the fear of death, right? That's the ultimate fear, ultimate enemy that we face. But if you are in Christ, that one is taken care. When Christ appears to you, the fear of death is gone. He's the one who defeated death at the shadow of the cross. And I love about this church is that cross under which shadow we all stand here. Praise God. At the shadow of the cross, the fear of death is taken care. We depart from this life to that life in a moment. And that's the rejoicing and that's the thankfulness that we can have. But the fear is real 
and we face it differently. Coming to the scripture that is with us, question, big question about Timothy. Big question about Timothy. Was he timid? Was he fearful? You know, Paul could be misunderstood. And Paul has been misunderstood for many things. Excuse me. Paul has been misunderstood on how he has interpreted the role of women in the church. Paul could be misunderstood right here in how he was kind of encouraging or advising Timothy on how to be a servant of God, a man of God. I want you to notice what he says. God has not given us, <clears throat> emphasize the us on that scripture. Let's not misunderstand him as some have done by saying Paul was trying to, you know, say Timothy was fearful or timid and he was not good enough for uh, kind of work he was called. But that's not true. Paul actually chose Timothy because Timothy was the kind of person Paul could trust. He was young and weak. It's true. Timothy was young and weak. It's like I'm representing Timothy today. Not able to stand, not able to speak, I almost wanted to cancel and say, look, I'm sorry, man. <clears throat> it's something like this. You don't plan on it, it just falls on you. You hope for the best, your health betrays you. And then, Paul advises him, Timothy has stomach problem. Paul advises him to take some wine. Now some people went on to build wine reef because of that. You know, it could be misunderstood. My father-in-law was a big fond of, you know, drinking a little bit. He is no more with us, but we miss him. And he had that scripture very much in his mind. Well, Paul has told, we can take a little. And that little is an everyday little. <laughs> and sometimes it could be a lot of little. <laughs> so you see, Paul could be misunderstood. But what we need to know is that it's not cowardice or being fearful uh, on part of Timothy when Paul is trying to say that we need not God has not given us the fear of spirits. Doesn't mean that Timothy had the spirit of fear. No, he didn't. It's like an encouragement to face something challenging which he will face in ministry, both within the church and outside. And this church as a whole is like Paul to us, and me being like a Timothy, I feel like a Timothy uh, when I look at Pastor Terry, who is trusting me and laying his hand on me and sending me to India like he did that two years ago, knowing that I'm going in a dangerous place. Now the question is, did, Paul, uh, did Pastor Terry or Pastor Luke or you know, Pastor Charles here, everybody, those who are in leadership, did you guys think that I was scared or fearful or did you think I could go for it? You know, that's a big question that I can ask whether he... Whether you trusted me or doubted me, I don't know. But you prayed for me. That shows you trusted me. 
And I would say Paul trusted Timothy much more in that way because he has mentored him, he has partnered him with ministry, and he has provided him the guidance he needed. He has been with him, encouraging him, praying for him, preparing him for ministry, and all those things. So the second question, whether Timothy was timid or fearful, no, he was not. But he still knew the challenges ahead. And that's something like I would say. But the third question with which I want to stop this morning's devotion is, how do we do, deal with the spirit of fear? How do we deal? How do we face? How do we engage? How do we respond to the spirit of fear? The two ways I see, you know, is first by facing it. And I told you about how I used to see the figure at early in the morning and until the sun came up, I would not know what it was. Sometimes we are scared in the dark. But when the light of Christ shines on it, we know what it is and the fear is gone. I would not see the idols for idols unless I see them through the eyes of the word of God. The word of God is the one that, you know, brightens my path. It is the light to my path. It's the wisdom that brings God's grace in our life. And then the other thing that we do in facing our fear is replacing it with the fear of God. You face your fears. Maybe I'll give you one more example on facing your fear. I spend like good number of my life working on this book. This is my doctoral dissertation. Tells about the story of a man and woman who went to India from Illinois and did a groundbreaking work in India. Uh, in this book, I mention how I was encouraged to go back to India. Even when I was finishing my studies here, I didn't want to go back. Why go back to Egypt? <laughs> Why go back to troubles? Why go back to suffering? Why go back to enemy camp? You know, that kind of a feeling was there with me. And then there is a beautiful story here in this book. It says, Ernest Ward used to go preach in villages and towns. And once as time, he went to preach in a village. And then people took stones, sticks, and cow dung and everything and threw at them. They stoned him. They kind of made his clothes dirty by throwing dirt at him. And he ran away. He went back to his place. And after going back there, he changed his cloth. He took a shower, dressed up again, and went back to the same village next morning. That earnest word spoke to me right there. Shake off your dust and all the dirt that they threw at you and go back. And that encouraged me. And I said, all right, I'm going to go back. You know, so you face your fear in a very different way when Christ is with you. It is the love of God that enabled this man of God to be a witness to a hostile community. To conclude, you know, you want to really replace all your fears with the fear of God. God God of the Bible, whom you and I worship, he's the one who is God of life, the one God of death. 
and also God of resurrection. Hallelujah. God of resurrection. Today, if I die in India, I'm not going to miss anything because I'm in the hand of the living God. My fear is already taken care. My family will be provided with. My family, which is no longer just me, is huge. Is the whole church of God around the world. Beginning with Irving, London, and name it, all the other friends. So it's not about me, but it's about who I have given my life to takes care of the fear. I don't struggle anymore. You don't struggle anymore as a Christian to what to do with your fear. You surrender your fear to God. And God is the one who takes care of it. The Bible says, don't fear, I am with you. Don't be afraid, I am with you. And if that is what you hear today, that's what I have been hearing all the time. When death came so close to us, when sickness came so close to us, I said, Lord, is this the time? You always ask that question when you really feel like that. Okay, this is it. And then say, is this the time? Are you done with me? That's the biggest question you can ask in all your weakness. And in all my weakness, when I was sick last summer, I asked, Lord, are you done with? And what about all the seven years of PhD? I haven't used it anywhere. You really want to not make anything out of it? And then I was healed. <laughs> so yeah, if your gifts are there, wrapped still, not open, not used, maybe you want to ask God when you feel like, you know, you're dying or something and say, Lord, I haven't opened that box and not used it yet. Maybe you want to give me some more days and years and things like that. Make sense? We deal with our fears differently. In Pensacola, I fell sick while driving. In Shreveport, I fell sick while driving. I said, Lord, we haven't made it to Irving. You can't make me sick until I'm in Irving. After coming to Irving, I said, Lord, you need to heal me to be able to speak. And tell that you are a God who heals. And tell your people that you are a God who answers prayers. And I want to tell that it is true. The Lord is able to enable me to stand and declare that he reigns. He is powerful to heal. He is powerful to raise the dead. And it's that God whom we serve. And this is the Lord. And this is his word. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you. I got a few books I don't have time to tell about, but this might be later on. Luke will tell you. Um, thank you so much for your time again. Um, let's not worry about fears, but be like Timothy. Knowing fear is up there, we go face head on and interest with God. And let us have faith that will overcome the fear. Thank you. God bless you.